good morning, Pathway Church. Don't you, uh, don't you just love those people that get up in the morning and they're so pumped and they're ready and they're ready to go? Some of you are like, nope, don't, don't love people at all. It seems like every pastor that's on staff, we get up here and we're just like ready, you know, we're just like ready to do anything. Get up here and we're just like, good morning. And you guys are like, oh, great. Here they go again. You know, I know who you are. It's okay. That's like my son. He gets up in the morning for whatever reason. He gets up and he's just ready. He starts playing basketball right away. And I mean, I'm an early person, but I don't know if I'm ready to quite yet get into a basketball game, but you know, he's ready. And you just know people are just extra loud in the morning for whatever reason. But I'm going to tell you something that's amazing. I was just back here, just kind of off to the stage, just worshiping with you all. And let me just say something. You guys, whether you know it or like it or want to know this, you guys are morning people. I'll tell you what, heaven was here today. It was awesome. Yeah, amen. This is good stuff. I tell you what, Pathway Church, you guys came ready. The 9 a.m. service has so much energy. It's amazing. The 11 a.m. service are the non-morning people, okay? And so they come in and some people still don't even get here at 11. They get there like still like 11.30 and, and, and they don't want to hear the loud and crazy, but the, you know, some of them do, but uh, you guys are here and we're thankful God is doing a new work. Amen. 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 Well, my name is Eden. I'm the youth pastor here. I have a great honor and privilege. Thanks. One fan. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks. Thanks for the one. Thanks mom. Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> My mom's not even here, yeah, but anyhow, so I think it was Pastor Jeremy. <laughs> $20 later, buddy, I got you, all right. It's good to laugh, man. We're excited for what God's gonna do today. I'll tell you what, I'm excited just, just about what God's doing here at Pathway Church in a world of craziness, and a world of negativity, a world of just kind of being beat down, um, all those things. It's amazing that we can come into God's house and we can just say, God, what do you have for me today? What is it you want from me? me? You speak to me through your word today, through your worship. And I believe God's gonna do something amazing today. So today that's where we're at. There's an amazing story about a little boy. This is kind of where we're going today. And I know we have a baseball team with us today. Glad you guys are here. This is awesome, cool stuff, yeah. So this may not work with your coach what I'm about to tell you this story, but this is a really cool story with this little kid. And there's a point to this story, but there's a little boy and maybe all of us, whether at least us boys, I can remember, but some of you ladies, maybe as a kid, you remember this, but I can remember doing this, but there's a story of this little boy and he's out by himself. He's got a baseball and he's got his bat and he takes that baseball and he says, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he throws that baseball up and he gets ready. You know, I don't know if this is the right form. Sorry, coach, but he gets ready and he gets up in there and he goes and he swings and he misses. Picks the ball back up. He gets that ball. He's like, I'm the greatest hitter in the world. Takes that ball, throws, throws it up, goes like this. Goes, gives it all his might. Swing, strike two. No big deal. Little boy takes the ball again. Picks it back up, throws that ball up. I'm the greatest hitter in the world. Misses, strike three. I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. Some of you will get that at lunch or later this week. Some of you will never get it. It's okay. It's all right. right. Some of you, some of you are just like, what in the world? But sometimes it's our perspective on life. And I'm not sure where you're at today. And I'm not sure what brings you into place today. 
I'm not sure how you got here. Maybe for some of you, this is your, your first time. Some of you, you've been here a million times. But today, today, I wanna share with you a message of hope, restoration, coming back, bouncing back. Maybe today you sit here and you've had a life full of regrets, failures, and mistakes. Not just one or two little ones, but maybe a lot of big ones, maybe a life of them. Today's message is for you today. And I'm not sure where you're at, but today we're gonna share a story and we're gonna share some things from God's word that I want you to get. And you're, you may even sit and say, Nate, where are you going with this? But I want you to just hang on. I wanna share some things and we're gonna study the life of, of, of one of the characters out of the Bible and then we're gonna connect it to our lives. And I want you to get this today. I don't want you to miss out on this study of this character of the Bible. And so I'm not sure where you are today, but I want you to get this. And so we're gonna look at Judges chapter 13 and we're gonna start in verse one and we're just gonna share a couple of verses and some of you may know exactly where we're going, but we're gonna study a little bit about a guy named Samson. Some of you know this story very, very well. Some of you, maybe you're a new believer. Maybe this is the first time you've ever walked into church. This is the first time you've ever heard this story. We're gonna study Samson and learn a little about, about his life and how it can connect to ours today. So we're just going to share a few verses here, here at the ending just to kind of get a, a, a foundation of his life and where we start. So Judges chapter 13, and we're going to read through verses 1 through 5, and we're going to jump down to verse 24, and then we're just going to share a little bit of Samson's life, and we're going to study it a little bit, and we're going to connect it to our life today. So if you're in Judges just chapter 13, starting in verse 1, God's word says this. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites who was named Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink. And eat nothing unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Jump down to verse 24, and it says this. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, what is it you want to speak to us through the life of Samson? What is it you want to show us? Lord, I don't know where anybody is in this place today, but you do. And so, Lord, I just ask that you use your word, use Samson and speak to us in a new and fresh way like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to kind of go through, through Samson's life, and we're going to kind of do this rather quickly, but I want you to get this. And some of you have studied Samson and you know it well, but like I said, there's others. Maybe this is your first time in a church, first time ever hearing this story. We're going to just study his life a little bit about Samson and who he was. You can find basically some story in Judges 13 through 16. But Samson was an answer to prayer twice. The first one was is that his parents were childless. The second one was is that the nation of Israel needed greatness. Samson was born as a judge, as a first child, was an answer to the needs of the times, meant to live a life of and for God. 
He was a Nazarite, which means he was devoted or a separated one. He took an oath to abstain from worldly influences and consecrate to God. Now, four commitments were common to the Nazarite, three that were most noted, but get these today. To abstain from all intoxicating drink and great products, to not cut the hair, to avoid contact with the dead, and to refuse to eat food regarded as unclean. Now, I want you to get this. Samson had it made in many respects. His parents were godly. His purpose was revealed clearly to him. He had spiritual heritage. His path, you could say, was carved out. All he had to do was walk in it. His greatest challenge may equal our greatest challenge. Living up to his divine potential, his calling, his expectations to become the person he knew he was supposed to be. And maybe you can put yourself in that right there. So with that in mind, we're going to document his life quickly today. And some of you that know his life, some of you that have studied Samson, get this, but we're going to go through a few things of Samson's life, and then we're going to connect it to our stories. I believe God has something for us with this today. This one is this, as we kind of start off after what we read with Samson's life. He sees a woman he wants to marry. A woman that was not supposed to marry. She pleased him well, right in his eyes. Samson had an issue there. He had an issue. The second one was this, as we're kind of going down his timeline. He kills a lion with his bare hands. This was a man's man. If you can kill a lion with your bare hands, basically, right then and there, you basically kind of trump everybody, all the other men in the room that are looking into me or flexing. He just goes right to the top. If you can kill a lion with your bare hands, that's it right there. But he didn't tell his parents. Kind of listen to this now, living up to his divine potential. Some of the things he knew what to do, but didn't. The third one. He took honey from that carcass and he fed some of it to his parents and he didn't tell his parents once again. Remember, he was supposed to stay away from dead things. Eat anything that's unclean was not what he was supposed to do. So he marries this girl. He poses a riddle to her family. He bets pretty garments to the winner. She betrays him and, and to them the answer. Samson is living a crazy life. You could say Samson is literally in the soap opera of today. He kills 30 men and their garments. His wife goes to the best man at his wedding. He comes back to get her later and her father says, no, take her sister instead. Once again, this is like a talk show that, that we today. He got angry at the Philistines. Now listen to this. This is crazy stuff that Samson went through in his life. He got, he got angry. Remember that. He got angry at the Philistines. He took 300 foxes. He tied their tails together. Now listen, Sam Samson is a strong man, but the, the amount of time it probably took to take 300 foxes and tie their tails together, he did have, have patience. Let's just think about that, okay? He did have patience. He got angry, but he had patience, all right? He tied their tails together, set them on fire, and set them free into their fields. Samson had an issue. The Philistines then go and burn his wife and her father. This is Samson's life. It's all in Judges chapter uh, 13 through 16. Get this today. Get this about Samson. 
So he goes and slaughters, the Philistines come after him, and then 3,000 men of Judah come and arrest him and turn him over to the Philistines. Second part of this, which gets crazy. I, I love the detail in God's word and when it talks about Samson and his life. So he takes a jawbone of a donkey, okay? I don't know if there's just no other weapons that were around or just Samson was just kind of wondering. He's like, there's a jawbone of a donkey. That looks like a good weapon. Let's take it. Let's use it and let's see what we can do with it. He takes a jawbone of a donkey and kills a thousand of those men. What I love about in God's word is what it talks, talks about is that he just tosses it to the side. I love that detail in God's word. That he takes the jawbone, basically after he kills a thousand men, the jawbone of a donkey, and then he just kind of tosses it to the side. I love that detail. That's just a neat thing there. Now, this is where some of you may know this story. We're kind of going through Samson's life, and this is where some of you may know more about Samson and what takes place in his life. Somebody by the name of Delilah comes along. And some of you know this story, but the Philistines entice her with 11 pieces of silver. And he toys with his destiny now more arrogantly than ever because of this woman. What I love about in God's word when it talks about Delilah, especially in one version of God's word, it says this, is that she literally nagged him. She was nagging at him. I love that it gives us that detail. And she says, do you love me? If you love me, you'll tell me. We did a whole sermon series with our youth about that, trust me. But she lulled him to sleep and cut off his hair. We're going through Samson's life rather quickly, I know that. But then something happens in verse 20, after his hair is cut off and Samson says this, I will go as before and shake myself free. But he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. I want you to get that in verse 20 as we go through Samson's life. And then we're gonna kind of connect and just focus a little bit on his life here. He says, I will go before and shake, shake self free, but he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. For me, for Samson, this is a point in his life where my heart breaks for him. He, he knew destiny, he knew what he was supposed to do. He knew what God had separated him from, but he never listened. He never did anything that he was supposed to do. It caused a hard life for him. It caused him a lot of anger. It caused him a lot of heartache. It caused him a lot of frustration. I believe it caused him even with that anger to get him maybe even to some things with depression. It caused him a lot of heartache in his life. But one of the worst things is right here is when it says in verse 20, but he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. The Philistines took him, they put his eyes out, they put him in prison, and basically at this point, he has hit rock bottom. He's depressed, a result of his own actions, his choices, he's dwindled away, he's literally burnt out. The Philistines at this point were having a festival and they wanted to make a sport of Samson. Listen to this though. In Samson's life, at a point where he's at rock bottom, at a point where maybe he's depressed, at a point where he has heartache, at a point where he's not maybe done exactly what God's wanting to do in his life. He went with women he shouldn't have went. 
He went places he shouldn't have went. He hurt men. He did things he shouldn't have done. He's at rock bottom. God departed from him. And he's in prison. He's done. He's maybe basically counted out. And life is over at this point. But however, there's something in this where the Philistines missed out. There's something that they missed. And this is what I want you to get from Samson's life today. We can talk all about the negative. Talk about all the heartache. And that is important to look at Samson's life. But there's something about Samson that changes in his story at this point, And I want you to get it today. There's something about this for me that, that's, that's kind of silly, but I want you to get it, and, 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 and it compares to something for me. It just relates for me. But there's something about Samson in this point that reminds me when I was a kid. There's something about it. And some of you are going to be like, man, Nate, we, we lost all respect for you just by saying this story, but that's okay, all right? But there's something about when I was a small kid, man, man, I grew up on, on watching wrestling. And I know you're like, Nate, that's so weird. Something about Hulk Hogan, man. Just something about that guy. He'd get up in the morning, Saturday mornings, take your vitamins, say your prayers. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. As you can tell, I turned out just like him. You weren't supposed to laugh at that, but that's all right. Something about Hulk Hogan, but there's something that I love about Samson in this moment that kind of, for me, reminds me of Hulk Hogan in this moment. Hulk Hogan, what was crazy was, is that there'd be like 20 people, you know, beating on him, but then something, and they'd be counting like one, two, and then all of a sudden, his arm, it just comes up, and he starts getting strength out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from, it was all those vitamins he took, and he starts shaking. I don't know if anybody remembers Hulk Hogan, there's like everybody staring at me like, who are you talking about? But he starts shaking. Another one is, I love Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior shaking the ropes you know 20 people beating on him life is over he's gonna lose I'm crying because I'm a little kid and Hulk Hogan ultimate warrior losing but there's something about in that moment when you thought they were done you thought they were out you thought he was over and something came upon him and as a little kid when that Hulk Hogan ultimate warrior whatever came back and they beat 20 guys I don't know how they did it actually I do now as an adult but as a kid didn't all right <laughs> and some of you are like thank goodness and they finally figured that out all right you to get I want you to hear this about Samson in this part and in this story Judges chapter 16 verse 22 when Samson is about out when he's about done he's in prison he's hit bottom he's depressed he's struggling something happens and it says this however this his hair began to grow again amen so when he's about out when he's about done, when he's about to give up, when he can't do it no more, something begins to happen. His hair begins to grow again. And then finally, Samson got something he hadn't had in a long time. He got real with God. Judges chapter 16, verse 28 says this. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me. Remember, the Lord departed from him. Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, remember me? Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. In a moment, when Samson's about out, when he's about done, when it's over, he gets real with God. When's the last time our life, our life looked like Samson? I'm not saying anybody's taking a jawbone of a donkey and knocked out a thousand people. That's not what I'm saying. 
When's the last time we can look back and see that we didn't do what God wanted us to do? We didn't do what he asked us to do. And maybe it did cause this, but maybe we've done exactly everything God's asked us to do. And our life still is maybe at rock bottom. I don't understand that. That's between you and the Lord, but I know his promises are true in this word. And I know he has a great plan for you. Amen. But, but doesn't mean that you got to give up and get out. That doesn't mean because you're down that you can't start something new. That doesn't mean that in verse 22, his, his hair began to grow again. Maybe it's something for you that starts a new beginning, but maybe for a first time in a long time, time here today, and maybe you need to say that prayer Samson said, God, do you remember me? Because I would say there's many times in my life I've had to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. Forgive me because I've not done what you've asked me to do. I've not went where you've wanted me to go. I've not done exactly what you wanted me to do. And maybe it's caused some certain things in my life. But every once in a while, when that moment comes and you can say, God, do you remember me? I need you like never before. I want you in my life. I want to start something fresh. And maybe today is your day. As we look about Samson's life and after that passage, you guys know some of the story, but he killed more men when he died than he ever did while he was alive. And some of you guys may know in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of faith. Some of you have heard that, but Samson is mentioned in the hall of faith. So we can give Samson a hard time about his negative life, about some of the things he didn't do. But what did he do? He finally got real with God. He finally got real with God. So much so that he's mentioned in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. You're saying, saying, now you're going with this, and there's a whole thing about this, and something else as a kid, it is just something, I, man, I wish we could just, just go and be kids again, you know, that'd be so much fun. But something about being a kid, there's something, I remember I had one of these, I don't know if I don't know if had one of these, one of these little old school punching bags. I just want to say something, these things are hard to find now, I just want to say, okay? Just know, just know I got to work. There's nowhere in Vero Beach that sells these, just so you know, I've been everywhere. If you find it, you can buy me one, that'd be great. All right, thanks. <laughs> of course, you guys know from another message that I love my superheroes, you know, of course. But there's something about this that, that sounds crazy that God spoke to me. It's crazy how everyday little things God can speak to you through. But when I was a kid, of course, this thing was bigger than me. But I remember as a kid and I would hit it. And I'd knock that thing down. And it didn't matter. Every way I hit it, it always bounced back. And as much as I loved it as a little kid, I also got mad at it. I was like, why don't you just knock it down? Am I not punching it hard enough? Am I not getting it hard enough? You know, as a little kid, you're just getting frustrated. So then you start tackling it and trying to beat it up and all those things. Maybe that was just me. I'm working through my problems. It's all right. <laughs> but I believe this is a perfect example of our walk and our journey, maybe even Samson's life and our journey with the Lord. We get knocked down. Life comes crazy. Life's fast. Comes at us things that we never thought we'd experience. We got a choice. Either we let it just keep us down or we say with the Lord's strength, God, remember me. 
Remember me? I'm going to bounce back. Doesn't mean it's not going to throw us off some. Doesn't mean that it might take us off of a different path. It doesn't mean that it may take us longer to get up. If the thing gets deflated, it's going to take longer to get up. It doesn't mean any of those things. But what it does mean, God, remember me. Samson said, remember me. Just give me one more blow. Maybe for us, we just need one more to get bounced back. And you're saying, Nate, where are you going with this? And there's something that I want to share with you that goes with Samson, goes with the story, goes with this. And then I want to share one story with you after that. I want you to get this today. So if you haven't heard anything else, please just hear this, what God's trying to speak to you today. I believe for Samson and for many of us in this life to bounce back and to get where we need to with the Lord and what he has for us. There's something that that was shared with me years ago and I've tried to apply it to my life. And so I hope this is something encouraging for you today. But for Samson and many of us, we need to halt, H-A-L-T. And it's this, don't let yourself get too hungry. And you're saying, Nate, I'm hungry, hungry. What are you talking about? I'm ready for lunch. And that's not what I mean. Samson ate and drank things he shouldn't that disobeyed God. When we, when we are in dark, when we're going through those tough times and life may be coming at us fast, it's important we obey God. I don't know if it can mean a different things to you. It could go to whether it's eating right or not. I know sometimes in my dark times, I can tell you personally, in my times where I'm struggling in life, I don't eat right. I'm not here to talk about all that. I'm just saying that's a neat thing. But maybe it's something God's asked you to do, comparing it to Samson's story, and you've not obeyed God. Don't let yourself get too hungry. The second one is this, angry. Don't let yourself get too angry. Now, we learned about Samson and his story about how he got angry. He got angry for many reasons. He tied those foxes' tails together. It always led to more heartache for, for him. It's easy to get angry when we're in the dark. It's easy to get angry when we're going through tough times. Now, I'm kind of being silly, but I can tell you, this is truth, okay? I've worked this out with the Lord, and I have to work this out every day. Now, you're going to laugh at this, and that's okay. I'm just telling you where Nate's at. There's two things that make me angry that shouldn't, Okay? that I've given to the Lord. The first one is this. I go to Publix, I get my hot and spicy chicken wings, all right? You guys know what I'm talking about. I got one item, I got one item and I'm hungry and I'm ready to eat these hot and spicy chicken wings. And what do you know? I go into 10 items or less and that person in front of me has like 13 items. You're three over, ma'am, out. Now you think I'm playing, I'm angry. These wings are getting cold and I'm hungry. Now I'm kind of being funny and silly about it, but it, I count it, if you're in front of me, I'm counting your items, just so you know. <laughs> Thank the Lord that all the other sellers got self-checkout, man. I just go self-checkout real quick, but Publix hasn't figured that out, I guess, or whatever. 10 items or less if you're over. And another thing, listen, we're all from different places, okay? We all grew, grew up different places. We all live different places. But I think everywhere has taught everybody that the left lane is, is a fast lane or a fast lane. I think, I think everywhere we've been taught that. The right lane is, is slow lane 
or whatever. Florida, for some reason, the left lane's like the sightseeing lane. Like, oh yeah, whoa, look at those palm trees, honey, woo. And in the meantime, I'm on my way to Publix to get my hot and spicy chicken wings. Get out of the way. Now, I'm, I'm getting a little, I gotta calm down a little bit. I'm getting a little angry right now thinking about it. All right. Now listen, I'm kind of, well, I'm not really joking at all, all right? The Lord literally, I'm saying Jesus take the wheel, all right? Because I'm like, it, it's just Florida has a problem with the left lane. If that's you, let's work this out together, okay? <laughs> let's pray after service together. I'm not going to tell you that I drive. I'm not going to tell you anything. But every once in a while, you got to give a Jesus honk, honk. Just like, Jesus loves you. Honk, honk. That's it. That's it. It's like Morse code. Morse code, you know, with the, yeah. Anyhow, we're being silly, but listen, I want you to get this. Well, I am being silly, but I'm, I just want you to know I'm serious about that too. I can see what anger does to somebody. I can see what it does to a family. Some of you have experienced that anger personally and you can't control it. It's time for you to halt, literally. Maybe that anger was passed down to you. You know that anger and you know what holds it inside and you know what gets you and you know you got to give it to the Lord and you say, Lord, I've been knocked down. My life has been tough and I'm mad and I'm angry. But don't stay down. Bounce back. Let God help you with it. Third one is this, lonely. Mm. Samson could have used a good friend. Samson could have used an accountability partner. He accused a group of men. I believe Samson was lonely. That's what, at times, I think got him in trouble with the ladies as well. Sometimes when we're in the dark, it's easy to feel lonely. I think I've mentioned maybe something this, about this before, but I can say, and if you're sitting here and you feel this, that loneliness may be one of the worst feelings ever in life. And what's crazy is, is that in today's world, you can literally, literally friends with thousands of people online through a social media. You can be surrounded by people at work or maybe even here at church and you can still feel lonely. I don't know what causes your loneliness. The Lord does know that. I can remember in a time where I was very lonely in my life. It was after my father passed away as a young man. And one of the verses I hang on to is that He's a father of the fatherless. And I believe those promises. Promise. If you're lonely here today, I'm going to ask a couple things. I'm going to ask that you read God's promises, that you find a brother or a sister who love you, that'll be accountability to you, that'll just be with you, get you connected in a group here at church, whatever it is. But listen, I just want to speak to the men for a minute. Now, this is just a man speaking to the man. 
If you're a man here and you don't have accountability partner or you don't have a group of men around you, you need to do it fast. Because I can tell you this, us men, the enemy loves it when we're just solos, when we go by ourselves, and when we're lone rangers. Because when we're lone rangers, that's when he can get us. But when we're together with a pack, it's a lot harder. Just like in nature, it doesn't mean anything maybe to you. But in nature, that lion doesn't go after the whole pack of the wildebeest. He waits for one to go off to the side or maybe for the little one to go off to the side or the injured one. It's the same for us, men. The enemy comes ready to devour. You need to halt right now. You need to ask God to help you find somebody in your life to be an accountability partner. You need to find some men around you to be with you. You need to halt because you've probably been tore down. Maybe you're in stuff you shouldn't be right now and you are lonely. You need to get that fixed. That's all I'll say about that. The next one is this. Hungry, angry, lonely. The last one is tired. Delilah. The temptation came when Samson was tired. He fell asleep on her lap. The temptation always comes when we are tired. Listen, the same thing like loneliness. The enemy loves it when they can get us tired. I love this quote that I heard a long time ago, and maybe it applied to you about you about the if the enemy can't make us bad, he will make us easy. If the enemy can't make us bad, he will make us busy. So busy to where we get so tired, so worn out, so burnt out, so knocked down that then he can devour us. Then he can take us. And for many of us in our life today, we must halt. I believe if anything from Samson's life and what we can learn, and we could do a whole year of Samson's life. But today, I believe Samson, if there's one thing, it would be halt. Don't let yourself get too hungry. Don't let yourself get too angry. Don't let yourself get too lonely. And don't let yourself get too tired. I'm going to be in this moment sharing something with you. I want you to Receive this, and I believe that God has this for somebody today. I've shared this story just a couple times, and it's something we never talk about in churches, which is a shame. And I want to be vulnerable with you as a church family. It may not mean anything to you, but it means it means to me, and hopefully it'll mean something special to somebody that's here today. But I believe there was a time in my life where I was so busy for the Lord. It was almost like I had to do, I tried to do so much to try to please him. I wanted to do everything I could to please God. And I think some of that may have been because I lost my earth, my earth was so young. And so it's just like, I wanted to please my heavenly father. So I was just doing whatever I, whatever I could for the Lord. And the reason I'm saying that is, is that there was a time in my life, I think I was and believe I was just like Samson. I was going through life, different things, doing different things, and I was not definitely living in that halt. I was not doing what I should have done, whether it's hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I was not doing that. This has been about 10, 11 years ago. And I was on a missions trip to a third world country. I won't tell you where, that's not important. I was on a missions trip to a third world country, went to this third world country, Went on this missions trip and, you know, just busy for the Lord, just there. And 
So we were helping these, these, these kids getting out of these bad situations and trying to get them into uh, orphanages and stuff. It was, it, was, it was crazy. And it was basically like midnight or, or like 1 a.m. at this time. And we're in this third world country and we're, we're, we're trying to get these, um, these kids out of this bad situation. And we really shouldn't have done what we were doing, but we thought we were doing the right thing, but I knew we shouldn't have been doing it. And so we get there and we get going and I'll make a long story short. The people from, from, from that country um, found out what we were doing and, and, and they came after us and, and make this long story short, there came a moment, moment literally and, it, and, it, and it's crazy to think about it. That in that moment, I, I, I thought my life, I thought that was where it was going to end. I thought that was it. And, and our, old, uh, our son Banks was born at the time. He was just born. So this would have been like, yeah, eight, nine, nine years ago. And all I could think about was him and my wife. I just thought about those two people. I love all my other family. I love you. And I love everybody. But there's two people I thought about. And obviously, you know that I'm here, so I got out of that situation. Thank, thank you, Lord willing. And there was something that took place that I never experienced in my life. And this is what I want you to get today. It's something that's unfortunate that we don't talk about enough. And maybe this is your dark moment today. Maybe this is where you're in the dark today. But there was something that took place that I never experienced in my life. I couldn't sleep that first night. We're still in that country. Second night, I couldn't sleep, and we came back to the States. And I still didn't sleep. So this was three days straight I didn't sleep. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything or what was going on in my life. This was all new to me. And so thankfully, for a wonderful wife that stood by me, helped, helped me do this. But I came and I didn't sleep for three days. I didn't eat. I'd lost so much weight in just a matter of like three days. And all of a sudden, there was a point where Wendy said, I got to take you to the hospital. Well, being a man, come on, come on, God, you know. Nope, we can handle it. We can do this. It's good. It was just a bad situation. So she thankfully took me to the hospital. While I was there, they got me some help. They found, found out I slept for three days, hadn't ate for three days, got me some help. They got, thankfully there were some people in our church. Our pastor was amazing at that time. Got me some, some help. And uh, basically it came down, they diagnosed me with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Some of you in here maybe live with that. Some of you have been through that. PTSD, and I'm thinking, what, PTSD? Like, post-traumatic stress disorder? Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm Nate Swearingen. I can handle this. I can deal with that. Because at least in my life, and some of you in our generations, you just get over it, right? You just handle it. And that's kind of the way it was with me. I grew up, just Nate takes care of stuff. Nate just does it. You get over it. You just handle it. For the first time in my life, I'm just going to be as vulnerable as I can be as vulnerable. I could not handle it. Thankfully, I had an amazing pastor, mentor that loved me so much. And he got me in to some help, got me into some counseling, which I know as a man, right then, you're like, no, nope, Nate, I'm turning you off. I'm not going to go talk to anybody about my feelings or nothing. Trust me, it wasn't anything like that. I thought the same thing. 
You're saying, Nate, why are you sharing this story? Because I believe for some of us, we never talk about mental health in the church, which is unfinished. For the first time in my life, I knew what it was to have an anxiety attack. I never understood that. I can tell you right now, forgive me for me for saying, I can remember in my life before that, people would say, oh, I have anxiety attacks. Just get over it. Man, God humbled me big time with that. Because if you've never had one, you've never been through that, then don't say that. Because I can remember times and I can remember moments. That anxiety was so bad. That post-traumatic stress disorder was so bad. Just constant flashes came back. Some of you that are live, live, and are servicemen, are veterans, I know you've been through way worse. As my heart goes out to you, many of you never have gotten help. To our policers, EMTs, some of you have never gotten help. You have PTSD, and maybe you know it, maybe you don't want to admit it. I'm speaking because I know as a man, I didn't want to admit it. And that's why I'm sharing this. So JT and the worship, worship team, they're gonna begin just to play something softly, but I want you to get this. If you're here today and you're in the dark, I believe Samson at times was in the dark so much and he could have used a friend. He could have used a lot of things in that life. God has blessed us today with people that can help us, with resources that can help us. But if you're sitting here today and you've never given it to the Lord and said, Lord, I need to give you my anxiety. I need to give you my PTSD. I need to give you these things in my life. This is no lie. I can remember this day like it's yesterday. I remember it was me by myself. I was in my living room and I can remember this, this old just chair that we had. And I remember this chair and I remember in this moment, the anxiety in my life, the flat, the, the flashbacks in my mind was so strong. I didn't eat because I was a, I was a feet and I was afraid it'd kill me because of the flashbacks. I didn't go certain places. I couldn't be in crowds because of the flashbacks. I hated being in traffic. If I was in traffic, I felt trapped and I felt like those flashbacks came back. Anxiety came over me. It was crazy. I couldn't control my mind. It was unreal. And so I remember one day, I can remember this, and I was at this chair, and it was almost almost Samson's moment. And I can remember how dark that moment was. And I can remember literally, this will sound crazy, but I thought I was just just going vomit. I was so sick. And I knelt at that chair, and I kneeled down, I said, God, do you love me? Would you please remember me and take this away from me? And if you've struggled with that or you've been through that or whatever dark moment you've been through, you can understand that moment, but I can remember that. And I wish I could tell you he took it right then and there, but he didn't. For whatever reason, he let me go through the journey for a couple years. And I believe now today he has healed me from that. But my journey was about two or so years that I went through that. And it was some of the worst times of my life. I'm saying to you today, if your dark moment, if your moment in life is maybe something with that area, I want you to listen to this verse for whatever reason. This is what God gave me. I remember I would just walk. I lost so much weight during that time. It was crazy. And I would walk and I'd say, God, please take this. Please take this. Give me scripture, Lord. Give, give scripture. And for whatever reason, he gave me this scripture. Wherever you're at today, wherever you're at in your story, I want you to get this today. James chapter, chapter one, verses two through seven. And we'll jump down to verse 12. Get to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, I can tell you the joy 
not, wasn't necessarily there in my life at that time. But I said, Lord, let me find, find the way in this. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. It will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Jump down to verse 12, get this. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. You say, Nate, why do you share this story? Why do you talk about this? Because I can tell you, church, you may not be struggling with it, but people are. In the last few weeks, now get this, I'm not exaggerating. I've had two former students of mine that have called me and said, Nate, I can't sleep. I got anxiety. One of them is in the Air Force struggling right now. Continue to pray for our servicemen. Another one's just had a rough life. I had a friend of mine. He works in a prison. He said, Nate, I don't understand what's going on. I can't sleep. I I got anxiety. Through that, I've shared my story with them because I never shared it with them. And God's used that for whatever reason. So I said, okay, Lord, this is a reoccurring thing. This is a reoccurring thing. So there's got to be somebody that, that comes to Pathway Church that must be going through this. But maybe it's this. It's maybe it's a dark time. But I can tell you, I wish God would have healed me of it that day. I wish he would have taken it away from me, but he didn't. But what I want to say to you today is this. Just like in Samson's life, God, you remember me? You better believe he remembers you. It may be a church. It may be two years, 10 years, maybe 20 years or more. But God will come. He will restore. He will will do what he needs to do in your life. You can find that freedom today. Now listen to the halfway church. As much as that I would love to say, every time we're knocked down, we get right back up. But that's not the truth. We can get knocked down and it may take a long time. It may take us a while to get back up. But Pathic Church, you got to know that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us so, so much. I'm just going to say to you today, we're going to sing a song, and I love the words of this song. I love the words of this song. Now, I can tell you for a minute at least, it's hard for us to admit any of those things. And it was hard for me. I didn't share my story for a long time because I was ashamed of it that I went through that. I was ashamed that I needed help. I didn't feel like I was maybe as manly as I should have been. And I had it all wrong, but I'm thankful for two things. I'm thankful for a pastor mentor in my life that made me do things I didn't want to do. I'm thankfully for my heavenly father that healed me of it allowed me to experience freedom. We never talk about this in the church. Constantly, every week we hear news of pastors that are committing suicide. Every week. Pastors are committing suicide. Friends that are committing suicide. And we never talk about it. Because why? We're ashamed. Nobody wants to talk about that. And nobody, nobody wants to hear about it. Halt. Don't let yourself get too angry. You're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Whatever that means for you, 
I believe Samson should have halted his life. I believe Samson went through a lot of tough times in his life, life, and I believe we can see and learn so much from it. And so today, I want you to stand. And as you stand, I want to pray. I mentioned this before in a, in, a, in a message. What's always interesting about response time, we have prayer partners over here that'll pray with you. If you wanna pray by yourself, you can pray over here. What's always interesting about response time is this. Oh, if I go forward, what are people gonna think of me? They're gonna judge me, think I got some problem. I can tell you this, if you're thinking that way, you're probably the one that needs to come the most. God needs to do something in your life to experience freedom. Because if you're worried about what people are thinking about you, you've got a long, tough road ahead. Growing in the dark. The dark times are not fun, they're not easy. I do believe God takes us through those. There comes a moment, just like in Samson's life, where we finally get real with him. And then, then, once we get real with him, and maybe he takes us on a new journey into freedom, maybe there comes that point, then finally, finally now, you can take that story. Make it his story. Make it your test testament. And share it with somebody that needs to hear it. Men, men, I wish during my journey there was another man that was vulnerable enough to come speak to me and help me through. So if that's you and you need somebody, I'm willing. Ladies, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I know there's some great ladies here that would love to help you through don't leave this place today just same old, same old and go do the regular routine on Sunday. What if today's the day you bounce back? What if today's the day where you experience freedom for the first time in a long time? And today's the day where you got real with God. I said, God, remember me? Remember me? Of course he does. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and may his face shine upon you in a fresh new way today. In Jesus' name.
right? I'll shout it. The resurrecting king is resurrecting me. That's good stuff. I hope you find peace today. Only in the Lord. Nothing else. Nobody else. Only the Lord can give you that peace that passes all understanding. You need to share your story. Here it is. I'm willing to hear. We share together. Find somebody. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. God's doing a new work here at Pathway Church, and we're excited to see what God's going to do. Continue to bounce back together. Have a great week. Love you.